Welcome to episode number 71 of the Four Animals for Earth show, a panel discussion on how to avoid burnout with Seham Omer, Lindsay Biondo, and Anne-Marie Sampson. Hi there, this is Brandy, and you're listening to the Four Animals for Earth podcast. This is a space where we inspire each other to take small steps every day to live a more conscious life, helping animals and the planet while we do it. I'm so glad that you're here. Let's all take a deep breath and let's get started. We are going to be talking today about how to avoid burnout. And I have to admit, I have been struggling with this for a little while now, like six plus months. <laughs> and most of you who do follow the show know that because there was like a whole six month break in the show, but I am bouncing back. And I was thinking, you know, a couple of weeks ago about what is it that helps me bounce back when I'm feeling really overwhelmed and just honestly kind of apathetic. I will hit a point where I'm just kind of like, I don't really feel like working so hard anymore to live such a quote unquote sustainable life or to try to reach people. And, and it's, it's hard sometimes. And I thought what really actually, when it gets down to the nitty gritty helps me bounce back are the people around me, the ladies like you, um, those of you who follow the show and listen and reach out, you know, every single email or text message, like it really means the world. And that's what actually gets me to keep going. So I had this idea for this panel today because I thought it would just be such a cool way to gain back a little bit of inspiration and to share, oh, you amazing ladies with everybody who is listening and watching. Um, so these three ladies, I invited them because they truly are people who inspire me. Just watching the three of you over the past, you know, year to two years that I've known you, you are able to maintain healthy lifestyles while at the same time you guys grow your passions and it's been so cool to watch things continue to grow and your ideas come to life and I know it's not easy I know you've been balancing like so many different priorities in your life and so you inspired me I can't wait for everybody to meet you so let's get started we're going to pass the mic around I'll have each of you just quickly introduce yourselves like one sentence and tell everybody where the best way is to come find you online. And then we'll dive into questions and conversation. Um, so Lindsay, can you go first? Sure. Thank you, Brandy. I just want to first say thank you so much for having me. So excited to be on the show with these lovely ladies. Um, my name is Lindsay Biondo, and I am the founder and owner of Violet Revolt. Um, and Violet Revolt is kind of what started as a passion project, but now a sustainable fashion line um, featuring um, plant dyed fabrics and um, yeah, with the with a portion of each purchase donated to wildlife conservation. Um, and um, yeah. So that's a little bit about me. And you can find my clothing on violetrevolt.com. Um, trying to limit my use on social media. So my website is the best place to find me. Perfect. Okay. And Marie. 
Um, my name is Anne Marie. I am the owner of sustainablelife.live, which has been a pivot. My name actually changed and my website has changed in the last year. Um, but I realized through what Brandy was saying, um, through the growth process, I've been in the health and wellness industry for almost four decades. Um, I realized that the people who I had been um, partnering with had um, different visions and different priorities than I had. And I had to make um, kind of, I had to make a shift. Um, so it was a little scary, um, but I rebranded myself. I um, relaunched and I believe that sustainable wellness um, needs to be affordable. It needs to be accessible. Um, and it doesn't look like a color or a shape or a size or a gender. Um, I believe it should be for everybody. And I'm passionate about spreading that message. Um, so that's a little bit about me. Environmental wellness means, you know, social wellness, nutritional wellness and environmental wellness and um, community. And it, it just means all of those things together where I used to think it was really just about fitness and nutrition um, and about, you know, recycling a newspaper. I just think it's bigger than that. So um, I do, um, I'm pretty active on Instagram. Um, it's the best way to communicate directly with me at sustainablelife.live or also directly on my uh, website, which is sustainablelife.com. So, yeah. Perfect. Awesome. Okay, CM. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm CM. I'm the founder of Wildly Black. Uh, Wildly Black is a community-oriented, uh, sustainable fashion brand that's looking to diversify sustainable shopping. And um, yeah, I'm really excited to be here and have this conversation. Um, I think it's something that is very common for a lot of entrepreneurs and new founders. So I'm excited to get in and see what everyone else also has to say. Uh, you can find me at Instagram at Wildly Black. Um, that's the best way to kind of uh, see the work that I'm doing right now. And I'm currently on there every day. So yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, so let's dive in. Um, Siham, I'm going to throw you the first question. Yeah. Um, in the past, you know, couple of years, what's been the most challenging um, competition that you've had on your time? And how did you navigate through that? Yeah, so I would say um, definitely finding time to grow my business. I made that a priority within the last, I would say, two years. And I've realized that the work that I was doing outside my business wasn't really aligning with my value and mission, because a lot of what I do with Wildly Black is so relatable and it's based off of experience um, from a fashion perspective. So I had to take a step back and um, prioritize some things. And I definitely knew, like I said, that I wanted to make my business a priority. So um, I had to quit my job. And although that's not what I really wanted to do financially, um, it just didn't align. It wasn't giving me the bandwidth to do all the other things that I enjoyed in my life. So um, a big competition was, you know, it was with myself, I had to let the old me go and move into this new phase. And it was difficult. But taking that step back allowed me to put things in perspective and really give me that room 
to um, do the things that I needed to do for my business. And also, um, financially speaking, like what would a job look like for me as I'm building my business? And it really gave me the time to, to think about that. And it took me six months to do it, but I'm finally at a place where I feel a sense of relief knowing that my job that I, my new job that I currently have right now is allowing me to be myself and have energy to put back into Wildly Black, which saying it now sounds like a no brainer, but it took me quite some time to reach this place that I'm at right now. And yeah, it's all part of the journey. And I always try to tell myself that I need to enjoy it. Although when you're in the thick of things, it might not seem that easy, but um, I was happy that I took that step back um, and kind of took my time and slowed down a little bit and, and listened to myself. So, yeah. You know, that's amazing. I was just thinking about how um, it feels like before taking the step back, it feels impossible. Yeah. And then when you look backwards, you go, oh, like that wasn't so bad. And now look where I am, you know, but it seems like it always feels that way. Yeah. And I also feel like it's a sign of growth, especially when you feel like you're at a better place. Um, And like I mentioned, it was challenging to let that old, you know, old hurt, like that old Siham, like to let go of that because so much of what I've been doing, um, you know, was a part of, it was in my daily routine. So um, letting that go took quite some time and that status, you know, that, that job and um, it doesn't happen overnight. And it took, it took some time, but I'm, I'm happy where I am. And it was worth that journey and that time that it, however long it took me to do. Mm, yeah, that definitely makes sense. Um, Lindsay, how about you? Same question. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I know Brandy, you know, um, but for Siham and Anne-Marie, uh, yeah, definitely. I just moved across the country um, from Michigan to Seattle. So I currently live in Seattle in August of last year. Um, So similar to Siham, I was kind of going through a weird phase prior to that. Um, I quit an old job and started a new job, um, the one that I'm currently in, um, to find or to be in a position that more heavily aligned with my values and what I was trying to do. Um, So I got a new job last May and then the job was located in Seattle. So um, in August of 2021, I had to make the drive out here. Um, And I'd moved, you know, around like a little bit prior to um, being where I am now, but never across the country, never being so far from my family um, and like this kind of comfort and support that comes along um, with doing that. So I was pretty much like on my own out here. Um, And so for me, the biggest piece was really navigating being in a new environment, um, being extremely independent. I mean, I've always been a very independent person, but, um, you know, getting things situated, like getting my Washington license and my car registered and like all of these things that you don't think about, um, they were really like eating into my time for a long period of time and stressing me out and all of these just kind of administrative things that you don't really think about in your day to day when you're planning out your goals and your week and whatever. Um, so that to me was like the, the biggest piece, um, not to mention um, coming to a new city living here, um, starting a job where I'm working fully remotely. So I'm not like meeting people all the time. I had to go out and like find my friends, find the people that would kind of be my tribe locally. 
Um, so there was just like a lot going on, a lot of new pieces. Um, and so a lot of things kind of culminated into me being overwhelmed with like everything, just like new job, new city, new friends, new li living situation, like new lifestyle out here. And so I actually did this the other day and I found that this is a really, it worked, it worked for me. So maybe it's not for everyone, but it works for me. And my friends laugh when I, when I told them I did this because they know I'm very type a list, like my mind works in, ex in an Excel spreadsheet type person. Um, and so I use this tool called Trello. I don't know if anybody else has ever um, used this, but basically like I sat down and all of these administrative things um, that I was had on the back burner. Um, I put them into Trello and like had a place to store like my personal to do's like outside of like things that I do in my day job, which I also obviously keep track of. So that's one yes, I will say to corporate life teaching me how to make a great to do list and prioritize things like in, in, in from an administrative in administ administrative perspective. Um, so that was good. And then in addition to that, though, like one thing um, I realized after coming out to Seattle is that like there was all of these really cool things that you can do out here that I didn't think about that I wanted to now integrate into my lifestyle. Like you can surf in Washington, you can go hiking, you can go backpacking, you can go rock climbing outdoors, like all these crazy things that were unbeknownst to me in Michigan. And so like, meanwhile, I'm like trying to also like integrate these new hobbies into my life. So what I also did is I like made a list of all the things that I really enjoyed doing day to day. And then, um, and that could include like playing guitar, um, running my business, um, my day job, uh, hanging out with friends, rock climbing, whatever it is. I went through and I reprioritized and I said like, okay, what are the five things that I'm going to focus on for this year? Um, instead of trying to spread myself so thin, um, I chose to take control of my time and put it into the activities that like I found the most rewarding. And one of those being my business and, and um, trying to grow my business. Another one being, you know, like a physical hobby, like climbing, um, rock climbing that I really enjoy. So like really taking the step back and saying like, okay, yes, I could do all of these things all the time, but like, where am I getting the most return in terms of happiness? Because to me, that's the most important thing. And if you're doing things that aren't serving your happiness, um, you're only disserving yourself. So you should really just be focusing on doing things that at the end of the day, you are happy, excited to do um, because it's your life and you are in control. So <laughs> <laughs> I love that, you know, listening to you talk, I am thinking you sound so much like Anne-Marie <laughs> and Anne-Marie, I was thinking about how passionate you are about making sure that you've got um, a lot of active things in your life as well to keep it really well-rounded. I wondered if you want to talk about that a bit and maybe how that, I don't know if you've experienced like a specific time with burnout or if like many times with burnout and that ends up helping you bounce back. Yeah, I, th I was thinking the same thing. I was, first of all, I realized we've all had pretty major life changes either through moving or switching companies. Like it's, that's pretty weird, right? Like I was sitting here listening to everyone. I'm like, we all have that in common. <laughs> um, so I think I'm the senior of the group. And so I will tell you, um, 
at least for me, when I was growing up, I kind of envisioned you'd work really hard and you'd get to a place and then it would just be like this. Well, that's the biggest myth out there, right? Like nothing <laughs> is just like this. So my biggest advice to you, if you think that's out there, it's life is like ups and downs. So it's just, it's just interesting. Um, but yeah, I totally agree. So I think that one of the things in this like social comparison world that we live in, and I, I so appreciate the fact that all of you have touched on this, is that, you know, if we're not pushing ourselves to the bitter end, you know, and grinding out every piece of energy, you know, we're not enough, you know, in this world of, you know, you know, compare and contrast constantly. And um, I think that's where burnout comes from, right? The social pressure to, to, pr to produce and produce and produce. And um, I definitely had that in my life. So I, I am not immune to that. But I am definitely at a place in my life where doing less provides more. Having less provides more. Um, and I've really felt that. So definitely a more minimalistic um, lifestyle, not just in stuff, but also in activities. Like you were saying, like there are, we all have the same 24 hours in a day. And this was really enlightening to me, right? And we get the choice of how to fill those, right? Like they are choices. So when people say, and we were never allowed to use the B word in our house, which is the busy word, um, because they're choices. Like people make, those are choices that you're making. And so you can choose to go outside and rock climb for two hours, or you can choose to go on a three hour bike ride and those things get put into your calendar and that when there's no judgment zone there right like you know we're, we're not intended to work you know 14 15 16 17 hours a day and i'm not saying that there aren't times in anybody's life where that may happen but the majority of the time we are physically and mentally not equipped to do that so by the time you take your seven to eight hours of sleep out right and you know, and you take your, you know, eight, nine, 10 hours worth of work, there's still a big chunk of day that you get the choice of what to do with. And I definitely am energized from being outdoors. It definitely in nature, you know, grounding, whether it's running or hiking or kayaking or rock climbing or skiing is definitely where I am recharged. And it is something that is part of my day every day. Um, and sometimes that can mean like sitting on a kayak, right? In the middle of a lake somewhere. Um, but I also recognize that, that th these choices that I have come with privilege, right? Like not everybody has the privilege to hike a mountain or sit on a kayak in the middle of a lake. So um, I think that when we're talking in general, in particular to women and women in business, you can achieve that anywhere, right? Like you can achieve that sitting on a park bench or you can achieve it getting outside of your home or taking your lunch outside at work and, you know, or walking and talking. And I'm curious if anyone else does that, but that's a big thing that I cue my clients on. Like if you have phone calls and you're calling clients or you get outside and walk and talk or walk around, you know, that has been something that has been super instrumental to me. I'm doing that so much more than I ever used to do. Um, and that's providing some escape too. So that's helped me 
with burnout. Um, I also recognize I'm in a slightly different season in my life. But that being said, I, I have relaunched and rebranded this business that was like, it was my business for 30 years. And I was like, yeah, I'm done. And it, it's been a little scary, but I've kept it in check. I mean, that's pretty amazing that you can sit here and say you've kept it in check, right? Like, I don't know if I could ever say <laughs> I've done that with any of the <laughs> businesses I've launched. I think, it's, I think it's age. I don't want to keep throwing that out there, but I do think there's a softness that comes with age. Like, you know what I mean? I do. I think there's something I would not have reacted this way in my 40s. I wouldn't have reacted to COVID in my 40s like this. I, now I was kind of like, I felt so bad for the people it impacted and I could really get there with empathy and it was so much less focused on me. And I realized the people that were in the thick of it, right? Like it was harder for them. It wasn't as hard for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And I mean, you're saying age, but I mean, I think also experience, right? Like every experience that any one of us goes through and makes it through helps us realize that, okay, you know, the next time, like, Hey, I'll probably make it through again, you know? Um, yeah, I, I wonder, Seaham, if, uh, so I know both Lindsay and Anne-Marie talked about this kind of idea of having to narrow down their priorities and say like, okay, these are just the, you know, few things, no more than five that are the most important to me. Um, you did allude to this a little bit when you were talking in the beginning, but is that something that's played a big part in your daily life as well? Yeah, so I, I keep a planner and basically whatever doesn't get done during the week, I try not to stress out about it, but I write it in the following week. It might take a few months to check it off if it's something big, but um, I realized that if I continue to just write the things that are important to me week by week, and if I'm not able to get to it, I eventually do. And then I look back and, I, and it feels good to, to see that I was consistent and able to keep that, you know, that checklist in my mind, and eventually I'll get to it. So that's, for me, that's what works. Um, I try not to take an aggressive approach for myself just because I know that I, I have a tendency to feel like I'm a failure if I um, set expectations in such a short amount of time. So I've kind of been a bit more realistic. And although it might not be ideal, um, it does feel better to kind of just skim through my planner, um, you know, looking back a few weeks and seeing that I eventually got to those tasks. So um, that's my approach. And I know it's a little softer, but personally, I'm, I'm, really a laid back person. <laughs> and my husband and I just talk about like how we're complete opposites where he's just like, go, 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 go. But I'm a bit more strategic and I know I move a little slower, but if I have something in place, like a plan, I know I'll get to it. So that's just how I operate and function. Um, but yeah, that's, that's basically how I, I approach things and try to get tasks done in that way. Um, just because that feeling of failure kind of might linger longer than I want it to. And it's just going to take up energy that I can kind of use it towards a different um, space or task that I'm trying to get done. So it might delay things for me. 
I think that's really helpful insight, even just into like how you do day to day with the planner and, and yeah. move it along. And I was thinking that it kind of sounds like all three of you share this in common with the fact that you're okay allowing things to play out on the timeline they should play out on and you're okay being patient. And that's probably why I like love watching you and admire you. You know, I'm still trying to learn how to be that way <laughs> and like let things kind of play out and happen. Yeah. I think Anne-Marie made a really good point about how, you know, you think you get to a certain point in your life and you're kind of like settled. But what I've realized, even just going through certain milestones that I've done in my own business, um, I'm happy about it for like a day or two. And then life still goes on and there's other things that you have to accomplish. So I'm realizing I completely agree with what she's saying. Like, it's never like, a moment that you're like waiting for it, you know, life still goes on and there's other things that you're going to want to accomplish once you get to that point in your life. So yeah, I, I definitely have noticed that and I couldn't agree more. <laughs> and I also think too, like going on with that, like I thought that too, like once I moved to Seattle, cause I wanted to move here since I was like 14, I was like, once I get to Seattle, life will be so calm. Cause I'm in the place that I've wanted to be my whole life and it will just be coasting the whole way. And it like has not been at all. Um, and so I think that's part of the reason why I've like taken a step back and have been really trying to focus on being like present in each moment. I know that's like a, like a term that's like harped on, but like, I truly believe in it because like your life is passing by like right in front of you. And if you're just waiting for it to slowly like drop off or things to get less crazy, like you're going to miss like what's in front of you. Um, and so, yeah, firm believer in enjoying like what's in front of you and yeah, taking three things slow. See how I totally appreciate like that approach. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Me too. And, um, you know, I think along these same kind of lines of living in the present and the day to day, one thing that I did want to get into in our conversation today is how the three of you continue to anchor back into living a quote unquote sustainable life. Um, you know, that really does get into the day to day life, right. And making decisions that sometimes are harder than other options and doing that <laughs> every day, day after day, you know, and how to not burn out on that when you look around and it feels like a hundred people surrounding you aren't even trying, like not even a little bit. <laughs> and I'm curious about how you all jump back uh, from that and keep going with being a spokesperson for sustainability and compassion and the environment. Um, Anne-Marie, answer that one first. <laughs> so you know what was the pivot for me was, um, and, I, and again, I think I used to be super uptight. Like I would, um, you know, I would, you know, my kids, and this was a long time ago, my kids were the ones that, you know, went to school with a thermos and a lunch bucket, you know, everybody else had plastic water bottles. And I mean, you know, they, would, we didn't have a microwave, there were things and people I think looked at me like that, you know, when I was this some crunchy granola, and I thought, you know what? I'm just trying to like, figure life out, you know, and I know something doesn't feel right here. Um, 
And I think that created some comic relief. But to your point, Brandy, I think that what happened then is that this idea, and I think Lindsay said it, this enoughness, I don't remember who said it, but I think what happens in, in this world of sustainability, people think that if they can't do a little, they might not, ways will not do anything. And when I really, I, and this is, was part of my shift, the reason I picked the word sustainable for my company is the word sustainable means the ability to maintain. So if you're talking to somebody, I'm giving an example, like how to be like, let's say that, to be a vegan and they live on a dairy farm, like that is not going to be a sustainable habit for them. And so one of the things that I started doing is because I am so far from perfect. I don't, I'm not perfect in this, you know, in this world, in this world of sustainable um, anything. But one thing I tried to do is how can I cultivate habits that are going to work for me, my lifestyle, like what I have access to. And the more you talk to people about that, like affordability, accessibility, convenience has to play a role. And that became so much easier for me um, because there were points where I was frustrated and because I get like you and I thought, you know what, I can't, I can't work from up here. I've got to get to a point where there are gentler conversations and you're creating habits, right? Because um, I have friends that live off the grid, legit off the grid. And I'm never going to do that. Like, I mean, I would, I'm not even going to pretend to do that. Like, I like a hot shower and I like my electricity once in a while, you know, like, and, you know, so I think that realizing there's extremes of everything and most people just want to be somewhere in the fluffy middle. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that's also, um, that's, I guess what I, what I'm thinking is, you know, just you pointing out that you don't feel perfect. And I think that a lot of times we look online, especially on Instagram, and it feels like there's all of these people who are living this perfectly sustainable life, you know, and, and they're off the grid or they just, everybody just seems like they're doing it so perfectly. And, um, you know, I think probably all of us could sit here and say, like, no, I think we could probably all echo the same thing that you just said, which is like, we're trying our best and trying to build habits one simple thing at a time. Um, yeah, Siham, I'm curious what you would have to add to that. Yeah, um, kind of going um, off of what Anne-Marie was saying, like, you basically, you got to do what you can do when you can do it. And you have to understand what those things are. So for me, um, a lot of what I do within my brand and as I speak to a lot of uh, BIPOC communities, because I feel like a lot of the things that we do is based off of um, cultural experiences. And for me, that's what I can resonate with the best. And um, yeah, I, you have to be intentional about it. Um, you know, before I used to, you know, look at everyone else's pages and be inspired, but also ask myself like, oh, how, how can they do it all? But I've kind of flipped that perspective for myself now as a business owner. And I look at it as a way of distinguishing each other. Like I'm happy that they're able to live that kind of lifestyle. What can I learn from them? Um, but I can't do it all. 
I know what I can do best at and I have to stick to that. And that's what feels more intentional and more natural to me. Because if I think that I can just dabble into every space and sustainability, I, I'm not going to get anything done. And I think there's a reason why those people are in the spaces that they are. There's a reason why Lindsay does what she does. There's a reason why Anne-Marie does what she does. And there's a reason why you, what you, what you do, Brandy. And I think we all... Um, can bring those unique perspectives in our lives and kind of learn from each other and take pieces. But most importantly for me, it's just like <laughs> stay in your lane because that's probably where you can do best and hopefully people can learn from you. But or else I just I wouldn't be where I am in my sustainable journey if I was just um, thinking that I can take part in every initiative I don't think that's realistic. So, yeah. Awesome. So well said. Lindsay, do you want to add anything to it? Um, yeah, I think that both Siham and Anne-Marie touched on some really important things. Um, yeah, I think Anne-Marie, like you mentioned, sort of like simplification um, earlier in our talk. And like, I think that's really important in term, in the, in the sense of sustainability, um, because like one thing that I think like has really helped me is like simplifying my lifestyle so that I don't feel like there's so many, there's all these things that I need to be considering sustainability um, when I'm making a purchase. Like as an example, like I really don't buy too many pieces of clothing. Um, and for that reason, um, I don't have to have those decisions of like, okay, is this brand like I'm purchasing from like sustainable and those types of things. So I feel like, I feel like simplification can really help in not having to make those, those hard choices. Um, so that's one piece of it. And, um, also just thinking about kind of like the all or nothing mentality. Like if you can't, um, you know, afford, for example, like a beautifully, um, like a beautiful glass bottle, that's something, uh, a reusable container for something. Um, if you can't afford that, then like you can't do anything, but I think like everybody has like their own role to play. And there's also definitely the piece of like, um, within your means, like within your ability to do, to do so, because I do feel like sustainability has, um, generally like gotten to a place where it's now like beautified sort of, um, and people make it kind of like this beautiful iconic lifestyle of like, I can afford to purchase brand new, you know, bottles that will house all of my, you know, dry goods in my pantry. And it's like, you don't need to go out and purchase all of these things. Um, and so I feel like that's, that's kind of a big piece of it too, is that like, there's really like easy ways to go to, you know, the Salvation Army and just find some glass bottles that maybe don't look as nice, but like they do the trick. So it's like kind of taking a step back and saying like, okay, like, where's consumerism kind of fitting in here? Um, so that's like a big piece of it too. Um, but yeah, I think um, I, I also resonate with what Siham said about staying in your lane. I think like totally everybody has their own part to play. Everybody has their own interests, own passions, own experiences. And because of that, like we can't have, we, we're not all octopuses. Like we can't do all like everything. Um, and I think that's something that I struggled with. Like after I kind of went down the wormhole of understanding all there is to know, and I still don't know, um, related to sustainability, there's so many different wormholes that you can go down. And so when you find something that it, you're really passionate about, say like the ocean, like grasp onto that and like take that and run with it versus trying to be like the savior for everything. Like the people that um, you know, are well known. I'll use Jane Goodall as an example. Like she's well known in kind of the environmentalist movement and the sustainability movement because she focused on her 
um, niche, which is primatology, because she was super interested in chimpanzees and she became the expert in that. And I think she adds so much more value focusing on that versus like trying to be, you know, an octopus. So um, that's something that I am battling with and trying to really like stay in my lane, but I totally resonate. Yeah, I think that that's a great way to put it. So. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with the octopus <laughs> analogy and, you know, I, yeah. So, you know, what I feel like is coming up as a theme through our entire conversation is that, you know, how to avoid burnout. The answer is to really know ourselves and choose our priorities so that they align with who we are and what actually works for us. And then stay in our lane and just, you know, keep delivering on those. Um, it's kind of cool to think about how that thread really went through the whole conversation today. Um, thank you ladies so much for taking the time to jump on here, chat with me, um, chat with all of our viewers and listeners. I know that all three of you would be more than happy to hear from anyone who wants to reach out and connect. Uh, so in the show notes, which will be at foranimalsforearth.com slash show slash 71. That will have links to all of the different places to reach these ladies, including what they said was their favorite spot. And um, also just, you know, links to anything that we mentioned today and um, yeah, being able to watch the video and listen to the audio. So uh, is there anything that anybody else wants to add before we wrap up? I just have to say that this has been so inspiring. <laughs> you guys are awesome. I mean, I mean that so sincerely. Um, I'm super excited for all of you and your journeys. And I see, and I'm so glad that you said that, Lindsay, that you kind of put the, you know, cross the T and dot of the I that we can't be all things to all people. And I really believe like when, when you're thinking of what, why burnout doesn't happen as much for me, I honestly think it's because I surround myself with people who are better than I am at almost everything and that I'm always want to be their cheerleader. So, and that, because I'm not in competition with all of you, like, and I think that's what happens, right? The minute we start thinking we're in competition with each other, but you guys have blown me away. I'm like, so like pumped up right now. So thank you. You added so much value to my life. Um, I will resonate with that. Thank you so much for having us on here, Brandy. I know like when you and I originally connected, every time I talk to you now, I'm like, I have an instant jolt of energy. I want to go like run a, um, a marathon or something. I'm like so ready. Um, so yeah, it was such a pleasure to chat with all of you. And I think all of you on your respective journeys are doing amazing things. So keep doing that. Um, and I agree that it's the people that will like propel you forward. So I'm so happy to connect with people like you guys. So thank you for having me. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate all the insight. I've definitely um, learned a lot and I know we used the word enough, but I just want to uh, share a quote that I, I found in a book by Elaine Walteroth, who was the ex-editor-in-chief of Teen Vogue. Um, she had a book actually called um, More Than Enough. And in there, she said that you don't grow when you don't nourish your soul. So yeah, I just wanted to end that there and yeah.
Thank you so much for hanging out and listening today. I hope you are feeling inspired by this conversation like the four of us were feeling. Uh, just to quickly recap, you heard from Siham Omer, who you can find on Instagram at Wildly Black, Lindsay Biondo, who you can find at VioletRevolt.com, and Anne-Marie Sampson, who you can find at SustainableLife.live on Instagram. If you want to check out the show notes with links to everything we talked, a video from uh, the YouTube posting of the video of our chat, and contact information for all of the ladies, go to fouranimalsforearth.com slash show slash 71. I am taking off to Florida next week, you guys. The big move is happening next week. So I will be off for a little bit. I'm going to take a little bit of time off, uh, but I promise I'm coming back. I even just got so inspired again listening to this episode and I miss you. I miss you all so much and I miss uh, doing this and doing interviews and being active. If you're listening, please reach out and say hi. You can DM me at 4animals4earth on Instagram or just email me at hello at 4animals4earth.com. I would love to hear from you. I promise we will be back in the swing of things in the fall no later than September at the latest. You guys, I'm putting a pin in it. Hold me accountable. We are going to make sure we get this show back up and moving this fall. Um, Yeah. Thank you for everything. And I look forward to chatting with you and I'll be back soon. Bye.